I remember I, and other girls would tell me that this would happen, but I cried a couple times and you know, my boyfriend Aaron was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yes. In those moments are the trying moments that like really kind of test your willpower and test your motivation. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings, drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern, and I'm really excited to bring you today's episode. It was one of the most fun, awesome interviews that I've had so far. I really enjoyed talking to Alex, who is a female fitness competitor. So... I think kind of the best part about the episode is that we don't just talk about the physical aspect of being a female fitness competitor, which we'll definitely delve into. We'll talk about Alex's diet and supplementation and what the actual uh, the competition is like. But we also talk a lot about the psychological aspect um, behind, you know, focusing on your body so much and what the ideal body is really like and um, self-discipline and all the other things that Alex learned a lot about um, from going through this entire process. So I hope you all like it. Without further ado, here is Fitness Competitor. Alex, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, of course. So talk to us about what made you first start uh, you know, pursuing the goal of entering a fitness competition. It's so funny. It's, um, you know, as I will say this part, it was part vanity. You know, I wanted to kind of, I was into working out, I was into fitness, but I really wanted to kind of just have the physique that like I always wanted. So it was, it was partly that I wanted to look a certain way. And partly I just wanted to give myself a challenge. Um, at the time I had just started dating my now fiance um, and he was really into working out. And I think I kind of, he doesn't know this, but I, I always wanted to impress him. And, you know, I was active, but I wasn't like, he was doing marathons and things like that. So I wanted a challenge to kind of like, you know, be up at his level. So to yeah. speak. Well, and obviously you totally nailed it. Now you guys well, are engaged. So well, well it's done. Funny. It's funny because now I think I kind of exceed him on the, on the fitness. I'm always working out <laughs> now and, and, you know, I mean, he does his own thing, but I'm definitely more of the weights girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, originally it was just that I just wanted a challenge and I just wanted honestly to just look good. I just wanted to look better and feel better. And, um, you know, I was slightly, I wasn't overweight, but I was just soft. I wanted to just be in better shape. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. All right. So did you meet someone that, that like coached you through the process of starting or were you just looking at YouTube videos or going on Google? Like, how does this all go down for you? A little bit of both. So we were, um, we were just training. We would go to the gym at 24 hour fitness here in Hollywood. And, um, there was a trainer there who she was like one of two girls there. And she just like had the body I wanted. I was like, I want to look like her. And, um, so by the of, way, what was this body yeah. that you wanted? Because I think a lot of people, when yes, they think okay. of like a female fitness competitor, they think of a, a woman man. that looks really masculine okay. and that's yeah. not very attractive to, I think a lot of people. So no, what, what was this body you were looking for? Well, and it's funny because th- th- that's actually a good point to point out. And I always forget about that is that when I, when I first got into it, I remember actually a friend of a friend of a friend said to me, well, you're not going to become a, like a CrossFit girl, are you? And I was like, well, what does that mean? And they're like, you know, like one of those girls that look like a dude, like they can just like, they just look manly. And, and it's so far, first of all, the, the women, like if you look at traditional bodybuilding, the women that do look like men, they're taking massive amounts of steroids. So like as a woman, we don't, we don't possess the amount of testosterone to even like come close to that. So to cut your muscles the same way that a man would look and stuff. Yeah. And if you see, like, if you ever watch those like Mr. Olympia shows or even just browse through the magazine racks and you see like women that look like dudes on the cover, they're just taking massive amounts of steroids. Like their voice changes their look changes, everything. And it's just all drugs. So biologically speaking, we can't, we don't possess the amount of testosterone to even grow the like a quarter of the amount of muscle men do. I mean, I've tried, I've tried lifting my absolute heaviest and I still look very much a woman. Like it's not, you can't, you can't, even if you try to get that big, you can't. So yeah. my, my ideal going back to that, my ideal body was, um, like just someone that looked fit, like all those girls that are on kind of fitness magazines that looked what, what 
I would say mainstream or most women would consider quote toned. Um, you know, they're in shape kind of like that, you know, the body or not bodybuilder, the like volleyball player body, like, you know, sleek abs, some muscle showing, but just more toned. Yeah. Lean, no flab anywhere, anything. Yeah. Like more of just like a, like a lean athlete, like not a bulky athlete, but like just someone that's kind of like a fitness model, you know, a lot of those fitness models, they don't look like men, but they lift heavy and they weight train like men, but they don't take steroids. Right. So that was kind of my ideal. And this is the way that, that this woman looked that you came across at, at your gym. Yeah. She had like, not trying to get too like, you know, not that I was staring at her constantly, but like she had like a good round butt and she had flat abs and she had, you know, thin arms, but with muscle. She was quote, you know, what people call cut, but like little, she was like five feet, five foot three and probably 110 pounds. I mean, she was tiny, Yeah. Um, but she just looked, she looked awesome. So that was my, my ideal. Um, and I just was like, I need to talk to her. And so I literally approached her at the gym and, um, you know, Aaron, my fiance now, he, we both were like, we want to work out on a train and he was working a lot. So it was pretty much me that we were going to kind of put the expenses towards and pay for these personal training sessions. And I just started with her and I, she just kicked my butt. I realized like how out of shape I was, but how every session I knew that this was something, it just clicked with me. Like I would be in the gym and the the biggest thing that I remember was that, you know, I'd start off with a weight and the next weight, the next week I like could lift, you know, a little bit heavier and the next week a little bit heavier. And I saw my body changing and that was, like such a motivating factor for me. Like that was a thing. I got excited to go to the gym because yeah. I was like, okay, let me see if I can like, you know, lift the 20 pound bar dumbbell instead of the 15. And like, let's see. And I, and I started to do it and I started to see my body change. And like, I finally, I grew up kind of in high school. I remember being that girl that was always like worried. I never wanted to get fat or I never wanted to, you know, I was always nervous. Like, I think a lot of women go through that in their adolescence. They start getting, you know, more of a womanly figure and they think they're getting fat. And so this was the first time that I was like, like really proud of my body. And I really liked how it looked. And I was like getting more confident and like, just, I was learning to work with my body instead of like, you know, having negative thoughts towards my body, which I think a lot of media in, you know, today's media does, um, to a lot of women, you know, I was really proud of it and I was really proud of what it could accomplish in the gym. So that was literally like, you know, like fuel for me, if you would say. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so inspiring um, to go to the gym for the first time, or even if you're already a pretty fit person, but to really push yourself and to kind of realize how not fit you are. Oh my you know, gosh, it's, yeah. it's eye-opening and it can be a little bit of it's a bummer, humbling. but it's also very, very inspiring because you're like, okay, well, here's all these other people around me. They're doing these things that I want to do. Um, there's really no difference between that person and me. And it, it gives right. you a nice project to work on. I think everyone kind of needs like a project to work on, you know, totally. and people have their work or their kids or whatever, but it's nice to also have a, a personal project and what better personal project than your body, you know? Right. And I realized like for me, for myself, I realized like I'm such a goal oriented person. Like I need a goal to keep moving forward. And for, you know, in high school I was a swimmer and college, I, you know, I just worked out here and there, but like I think I lost in my 20s. I became out of shape because I didn't really have a goal. You know, I wasn't a runner, so it's not like I was going to sign up for a marathon. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't like on a team, so it's not like I had that. So this was the first time I was like, okay, this is a, a, a goal for myself. And so, um, you know, each week we would have check-ins and that kind of helped me progress even farther. We would have weigh-ins, she would go over my food. That was actually a big, big part of, kind of getting into this fitness. It wasn't just the training. It was a, it was diet. A, b- a big part of it is diet. So I would say it's 80% diet. And she was the first trainer that sat down with me and was like, okay, this is what you're supposed to be eating. This is what good nutrition is. And it's not, you know, eating like a rice cake a day. You know what I mean? It's like eating a lot. Like I remember I was eating a lot of food and going like, holy crap, I can't eat all this food. Um, but pretty soon your body 
with all the working out, like your body needs the food. And if I didn't eat, I would, it was a mess. So I had, I learned how to like eat every few hours. I was eating six times a day. Um, and I was dropping, I was leaning out and like, I really started to see what my body was capable of. Yeah. That's a really, really good point to talk about the food and the diet. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that a little bit more right now. But I, so it's interesting. I, about, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something started mm-hmm. eating quite a bit healthier than I used to eat. And about a month ago, I hurt my back and I haven't been able to go to the gym for the past month or so, but I've still been eating really, really healthy. Mm-hmm. And my muscles have like barely decreased in the past month just because I'm putting such good food in my body, I guess. I, yeah. It's nice to see that, you know? No, that's huge. Um, Like for just going to the food, she taught me like, you know, one thing is some people in the, in the fitness world are I don't know if you've ever heard of when people call like macros or counting your macros or just macros are basically your, your carbohydrates, your protein and your fats. And so basically in every day, you're supposed to have a certain number of protein, fats and carbs based on your body composition. So as you, as we would work out and as I was getting leaner, my protein was increasing from when I started with her. Um, and my carbs would fluctuate. Like some, some months would be on like a lower carb diet. Some months would be on a higher carb diet. Um, and you need, yeah, you need those, the certain amount of ratio to, to keep muscle, you know, like you were saying when you don't work out, especially on, you know, when people don't work out and they have like, let's say a, a rest day, or even they go on vacation, like those are the days where it's so important to have the, the enough food. People always think, well, I'm not working out. I can't eat enough. Well, no, that's like the time where you should be, or at least supplementing, you know, with certain things that you put, like there's these things called amino acids you put in your water and that helps keep your muscle so it doesn't break down. Because the whole goal is like, the whole goal is is to build or keep the muscle and, and lose the fat, right? So you can't really, a lot of people who don't know too much about, you know, working out and diet, they will just not eat a lot. And they'll go, oh, well, I'm losing weight. Well, sure, you're losing scale weight. You're losing actual weight. But if you want to lose fat, you have to you know, get the, the fat off to keep the muscle. And so yeah. that's all about diet. You're never going to eat too much fish and broccoli. That's just not ever right, going to right. happen. I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be really, really hard. Like you would be, <laughs> yeah. you would be bloated constantly and probably couldn't get off your couch because you'd be too, just too full. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for you know, sure. But yeah, that's that diet is huge. So, um, and that's one thing I really realized when I was training with her because we would track my food so much. We would use um, an app called My Fitness Pal, and that would basically be like you, she'd give me, you know, my calorie max. Let's say it was eighteen hundred calories, right? And then she'd say, okay, out of that calories, you need to have, let's say, forty percent protein, thirty percent carbs, and and thirty percent fat. And then I'd basically enter in whatever foods I wanted to eat and albeit, you know, healthy foods, but I would eat, you know, enter in whatever I wanted and then she would check it to just make sure I was on track. Yeah. So to what extent do they in, in that arena pay attention also to micronutrients? Is it the, really the only emphasis on macro, macronutrients? Or are you looking at specifically what you're eating as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when I was with her, the first trainer I was with, she didn't look at any micronutrients. Um, And then, you know, fast forward now I'm doing a program, um, from like a, she's a a fitness pro. It's an ebook that I got off from her website, but she does follow micronutrients and those would be out like sugar, fiber, fiber, um, things like that. Um, so that like the one that I'm on now, I'm trying to keep it under 25 grams of sugar a day. And then as I progress on this plan, I'll lower my sugar intake each each time. So different plans follow different ones. The biggest ones are just the mac- the macronutrients. You just want to fo- you know follow those primarily. Yeah. Um but yeah, the trainer that I was with, I was with her for 8 months and that was like my first intro to fitness and then I started picking her brain about competitions and she had competed before, so I wanted to know more about what she had done. And then I she said, "Oh, well there's some um, some teams. She was actually on a team. And so I researched a bunch of teams. So there's one in Southern California team edge that I researched and wait, isn't, isn't it basically a individual sport? Like you're just going up there and getting judged yourself. Great question. It is an individual sport, but think it's kind of like, like if you think about swim team, for instance, you're on a swim team, but you're an individual, um, like 
heats or individual events, right? You're, you're just swimming down the lane, but you're on a bigger team. Okay. Right. Um, so it's kind of like that, like you can enter, um, fitness competitions just solely, but on your own, like, you know, without a team, but she had mentioned that it really does help to be on a team, especially for your first time, because you have the camaraderie of other people. You kind of have that support system of other gals going through it with you definitely um and so i kind of no like uh, i think uh like a more common analogy would be like a fighter or like an mma fighter or something totally. like that like they're part of a group of like oh we all work like out an here entourage. This yeah. Is, yeah yeah okay cool that's exactly it um and i was like because i had no clue i had no the things that i began to learn like i had no clue that i knew that you would get up on stage and you know most people if they have heard of fitness competitions have this vision of like a crazy dark spray tan and <laughs> like high heels standing on stage. So that's all I knew. And, and you still there, wanted to do it. You were still, still like, yeah, yep, sign like, me up. Well, there was part of me that I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm going to get on stage in a sparkly bikini and like stand there for people to judge me. That's like a woman's nightmare. Yeah. But there was a part <laughs> of me that was like, well, you know, people, there's tons of people that do it. And if I can, I'm going to only get on stage. If I get to that point where my body, like, I'm not going to get up there and, you know, embarrass myself. I want to make sure I was like at my peak. So, um, yeah, I joined this team and I'm so glad I did because I didn't realize like there's posing routines that go into it. Like you have to practice. There's like, I mean, to give you an example, so, well, to go back, to go back to the team. So I joined this team and the way it works is that I would send in, um, every two weeks we would send in progress pictures and I would have my boyfriend take pictures of me and there's certain poses you have to do so that each week they basically can put, you know, your, your poses side by side to see your progress. Um, so I would send in progress pictures every week, every two weeks, and then I would get back a very detailed meal plan, a very detailed training plan. Wow. That's crazy. So, which was nice because everything was pretty laid out. Like as long as I followed the plan, like that was it. I was set up for success. Like I, there was no guessing of like, well, how much can I eat of chicken or how much can I eat of this? It was like literally meal one, you know, I think it was at the time like four egg whites, an egg, you know, a third cup of oatmeal, a cup of spinach. And that was meal one. And then meal two, it was like four ounces of chicken two ounces of avocado and something else, whatever it was. And it's I interesting because that. that sounds so restrictive. And I'm sure to a lot of people listening to this, they would just think like, you know, why would you ever do that? That's crazy or whatever. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like I've heard stories about Steve Jobs and I, th- I want to say Einstein was the same way, like only owned like one suit. And I think Steve Jobs, how he was known for always wearing um, like a black turtleneck or a black yes. shirt and jeans, that that's all he wore every yes. single day, Monday through Friday. And the reason that he did that was because it 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 was one less thing to think about and it opened exactly. up his brain to be able to work on the bigger picture, um, which was, you know, keeping this great company going. So for you with your fitness competition, it's like if somebody else is telling you exactly what to do and you're just following it, you know, to a T, now exactly. you can really just work on yourself and lifting exactly. and whatever else you need to work on. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and it really does. At first, when you first start, you know, I was like, there, this is so much food. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And pretty soon your body catches up and you're starving then. And then you're like, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say you're starving. You're not starving, but you're, you're hungry. And the reason for that is your, your body gets so on a schedule of even eating every two, three hours and having, and working your buns off in the gym that your metabolism just catches up and you're just like firing. Your metabolism is just firing and that's how you start treading. Um, but yeah, eating the same thing every day, it really does. It helps you focus on not only like not to worry about what to think to eat that day, but just like you just put all your focus in the gym then. And what we would do, we would cook all our food on Sundays until, you know, so I'd have food through, let's say Wednesday, and then we'd cook a bunch again on Thursday. So I would cook everything in bulk. I'd cook like a ton of chicken breasts at once, a ton of, you know, vegetables at once, a ton of brown rice, whatever it was. And then that way each morning I would basically line up my Tupperware and just, you know, fill up my, my Tupperwares with the foods I needed for that day, pack up my cooler and then I'd go. Wow. That's um, all. I kind of want to give this a, cr- a try not to enter a fitness competition, but just to make my life that much easier. That sounds so pretty easier. nice. 
I mean, I'm not prepping for anything now and I still do it. Like we still cook in bulk and I still, now I have a little bit more leeway with what I want to eat, but I still, you know, if I have a busy day ahead of me, I pack up all my food, put it in my cooler and I have it, you know, and I don't have to worry about it. And also to be honest, it helps with like, I hate spent like going out to restaurants like multiple times a week. Like I hate spending the money. I hate like, you know, I just, I would rather have my options with me. And then if I choose to eat out and eat, eat something fun, then I can. But this way I know, like, you know, I have it with me if I want. Definitely. And I think that the main thing that, that people listening to this are going to identify with that, that a lot of people struggle with is just diet and eating good food and it's stuff so like that. Hard. And if your good food was prepared for you, you know, on Monday and it's now Wednesday, like I think a lot of of cheating on a diet or or being bad or screwing up or whatever it is mm-hmm. is a, a, to a certain extent out of desperation, you know, because it's right. like either way I need to purchase something right now and the better I food is yeah. right there. But if if you always have readily available healthy food, it, there's really not much of an excuse not to eat it. Right. But here's the thing that I will say that I think a lot of people will resonate with because I still struggle with this is that you pack up good food. You go out to a restaurant and sure, I can eat my chicken breast, vegetables and brown rice, but that pizza looks really darn good. So there, there does come to a point where you gotta, you gotta ask yourself like, well, what do you want to accomplish? Like if I'm off season, you know what they call it off season when you're not on prep, if I'm on off season and I don't want to eat my structured meal, well, I don't have to, because I'm not prepping for anything, but the option's there, but if I am on season, that's where your focus has to totally come into play. And like, I mean, there were times during, I was on the prep for four months and there were times where I was like, I, I remember, I, and other girls would tell me that this would happen, but I cried a couple of times. And, you know, my boyfriend, Aaron was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yes, because I want to, I want to finish my goal. I said I was going to do it. I wanted to accomplish it. But in those moments are the trying moments that like really, kind of test your willpower and test your motivation. So, you know, it's, yeah, you can totally eat the pizza that's looking much better, but those are the moments you got to ask yourself, well, why am I doing this? And do I really want it? You know, is fitness that important to me? You know, and for some, no. And for some, yes. And at times in your life, it's different motivation, you know? So that's the hard part. What's really nice about this and what you did in, in taking that sort of mindset is, um, and I'm blanking right now on the guy's name, but it's this one um, like motivational speaker guy that I like listening to sometimes. And he talks about, uh, he has this whole entire talk about self-discipline mm-hmm. and about how that's like the number one thing that successful people have in common is the ability to make themselves do something that they do not necessarily yeah. want to do. Right. And right. they, uh, some college did this big study about what, what truly like the number one thing that successful people had in common was. And it's the ability to think long-term versus short-term and, totally. and particularly in terms of gains like that there is going to be this long-term game because of short-term sacrifice versus just, always reaching for the short-term gain that's right in front of you you know yeah and obviously modern society makes that very difficult because everything is at our fingertips every second you know there's no need ever to make yourself suffer you know but um if you if you never really do make yourself suffer in the moment it's very difficult to get those long-term you know a big long-term win right and you know to just piggyback on that like it was the hardest four months of my life thus far. But that day that I got on stage, it was like one of the best, you know, and it's that it's those sacrifices that you put yourself through, whether they're voluntary, voluntary, like mine was or not that when you do have that moment of relief or that success or stepping on the podium or whatever it is, that's the moment that, that it, it feels so good. You know, if you don't have the downs, you don't have the ups, right. You don't have the the bitter times, you don't have the sweet times. So that's what made it all worthwhile. It was just like, I knew that at the very end of it, I was going to get on stage. I didn't know how I was going to feel, but like now that I've done it, it's like, it was just amazing. That's awesome. How is that translated to other areas of your life? Well, it's just, it's interesting because I've always been a person that if I set a goal, I would finish it always like that. My mom would always be like, where did you get this from? I wasn't like this. Um, but I always did. And, and so I don't know if it has translated per se from the competition, but it just reemphasized like, 
okay, if I want something, I'll do it. Like I can totally do it because especially this thing that was so draining mentally and physically, like, I mean, I was, you go through emotions that you've never had before because not only are you, excuse me, not only are you like food deprived and you know, you don't want to eat what you want to eat. Um, and you're exhausted, like every muscle and joint hurts. And I don't mean hurts like in a bad way. I mean, like you're sore from the, from the gym. Um, it, it just, it just makes it so much more worthwhile. And like, you really do realize like, holy crap, I can do this. And like, I can do anything after this. And it sounds so cliche and and corny, but like, it really does make you feel like, okay, the next goal, put my mind to it. I can do it. Yeah, for sure. Cause why wouldn't you be able to, if you, I mean, my God, there's so many people that struggle with obesity or, uh, you know, at the very least, just like maybe not having a beer for the night or whatever it is. And so it's very, um, it can sound very like trivial to just say like, oh, well, um, you know, I'm good at not eating donuts or whatever. Right. But that really is something you should be proud of because it's, it, it's it's very hard, hard to not eat a donut when there's a donut right there. And oh, by yeah. the way, my body looks rocking right now, so I can totally have a donut and not have to worry about it. But I'm that's still actually, not going to do it anyways. That's actually funny. That's funny that you just mentioned that because that was my biggest struggle. It was not the working out. It was not the three hours in the gym or whatever, like that was just going through the motions. My, my biggest thing was, and I felt so guilty at times was like the social food aspect. Like so many, so much of our, our culture is surrounded by like, Hey, let's get together for drinks or let's get together for dinner. And that was constant. And I had to be the one that was like, no, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to eat the food I brought because I'm doing this competition. And I had explained it over and over again. There were so many people that didn't get it. There were so many people that were like, what's the big deal? Just have a bite of this, have a bite of that. And I had, and I struggled with that because I, I've always been the one that was kind of like, okay, you talked me into it. Okay. I'll have a bite of that. And this was the first time in my life that I was like putting that, um, self consciousness, I guess you'd say, like, I was so self-conscious that people were looking at me funny and judging me because I wasn't joining in with that, their drinks or I yeah. wasn't joining in with their meals, that this was the first time that I actually stuck with it. And it was awkward the first couple of times, but after a while, people just got used to it and they didn't really care. Like yeah, I was the one that good. cared more that people thought I was weird or thought I was different or whatever. And, but it was fine. It was, and it, and it worked out, but that was the, that was a big struggle of mine. So it's interesting that you brought that up because it's true. People struggle with all the, you know, that kind of stuff all the time. And well, I something to take solace in, in those kind of awkward social moments like that is like, you know, who's not saying stuff like that to you, Steve jobs, like yeah. that dude's not like, Oh, come on. Like you should totally. just eat, you know, this thing. He like someone like a Steve jobs or someone that is a CEO of a company or an entrepreneur or a Navy seal or somebody that has like really pushed themselves in life, whether it be yeah. with the same thing that you're doing or something totally, totally different, but they're yeah. still going to get it. You know, like they're yeah. going to understand that you're trying to do this awesome thing for yourself yeah. and they're not going to be like, Hey, come on, eat this bad thing. They're just going to be like, Hey, that rules. Maybe I totally don't understand the idea of putting yourself out there on a stage for a fitness competition but either way more power to you way to go and and honestly that's kind of what i had i had it was very apparent who was going to be in my corner and who was not like i had a great support system but i could clearly see there were some friends of mine that that were like did not understand it and not not that i need to understand it but they weren't as supportive as i thought they would be so it's going through experience like this where you're like okay, I can kind of see who's really on my team, like who's really going to root me on. Um, and that was even more motivation to kind of stick with it. Cause I want, I w- it was a good test for myself as well as just like my life in general. You know, I, I've always been the type of person that kind of like would make friends with everyone and stay friends with everyone, but even if they weren't always the best for me. And this was the, a really good kind of social experiment for myself to kind of not weed out people, but kind of just see who is really going to be supportive, you know? And now on the flip side, like I have, I know if I do it again and I know I will that now I have even more of a support system because I really know who's going to be there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's finish up the prep part and then we can talk about what the actual competition is like. One thing I wanted to know with the prep is aside from diet, um, supplementation. So you mentioned amino acids, um, like what types of amino acids were you taking and what other sorts of supplements? 
Okay. So, um, like I said, first and foremost, no steroids. <laughs> no one that I knew took them because um, we don't want to look like the the big, scary woman on stage. Um, oh, and just to point out, so I trained for the bikini division. So the bikini division is like the smallest of the group. There's bikini, figure is the next, and then it goes physique, uh, and then bodybuilding. So like physique and bodybuilding are usually the ones where people are rumored to take stuff. Okay. Um, so each level that you go up is you're kind of more ripped and more... Yeah. Right. And they're looking for different things. Like as they go on, they're looking for more muscle, you know, striations and more like each division looks for certain things. So mine was the bikini division is what they call it. Um, and that's, you know, you're looking for more like tone slash cut, but no, like they don't want to see veins. They don't want to see any of that. They want to just like a nice, well-rounded physique and, um, and presentation wise as well. Hence the sparkly bikini and makeup and all that. Um, <laughs> gotta have <laughs> the sparkles. Oh, the, the, all the glam stuff. Um, but going back to supplementation. So I would have uh, protein powder every day, usually after my workouts, like immediately after your workout, you want to get in like a good amino, a uh, good, protein powder did so you I would have just a have, preference would you have whey protein or veggie protein whey, or what yeah whey protein and usually there's different types of whey protein i would have whey isolate which is like the purest form it's um i don't exactly know why it's the purest form i'm you know not one of the i, I should probably know that but it basically it gets absorbed the most um most quickly is what i've heard um so i would just listen and my coach said that too he's like yeah go for whey isolate so i would have a whey protein shake there was no no recommendation pretty much on type. So I would go mostly on flavor. There was like one called prozine or protein synthesis. It was like a huge jug. I'd get it at NutriShop and I'd, you know, get either like the vanilla or like they have a caramel one. That was pretty good. I would just basically down that with, um, like mix it with like a half or a full banana, um, immediately after my workout. So that was one supplementation. And then the rest of them, I would have amino acids, which is, um, again, no specific brand, whichever one I liked. Um, I think right now, I forget the brand I have right now, but basically amino acids are like amino acids in general are the, are the building blocks of protein. So if you put like an amino, amino acid powder in your water, it helps prevent any muscle breakdown, um, during the day. So a lot of girls would just have that post recovery and during their workout. And I chose to have it pretty much all day long. Yeah. Um, you can't really overdose. It's basically just like it's flavoring your water and, and I'll be honest, like I don't love the taste of plain water after a while because I would drink so much of it that I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to have a little fun in my water. So, so most drink- protein powders will have branched chain amino acids in them. So you were they like will. doing extra supplementation doing of amino extra. acids on top exactly. of that. Exactly. So I was doing extra just to have it again for flavor and also just to prevent any muscle breakdown that was going on like during the day when I wasn't having a protein shake. Yeah, for sure. Um, Oh, and then in the protein shake, I would put glutamine, which glutamine is just another, um, I think it's an amino acid, but it's just another powder. Yeah, it was it flavorless, is. flavorless, um, all that. And I would put it in my protein shake to prevent also muscle breakdown as well as muscle soreness. That was the big thing. Yeah. Glutamine um, rules, man. Yeah. Glutamine. I would notice if I ran out of my glutamine, I was like so sore to the point that like, I was like, oh my God, I can't walk. And then I would like use glutamine and I would really kind of cut the, take the edge off of muscle soreness. So yeah. that helped. Uh, A side note about glutamine for everyone listening to this is that it really helps if you have like digestive issues. Uh, You're just supposed to mix about five grams uh, in your water kind of throughout the day. And um, like people with celiac or any sort of like gluten sensitivity, things that are happening in your small intestine, the way that glutamine is basically the best amino acid at healing your muscles. Um, And it like with that same mechanism of action will actually heal your small intestine. So um, if you have some sort of like leaky gut, it will basically strengthen your entire gut. So it's not releasing inflammatory factors into your system. So just day after day after day, keep on taking a little bit of glutamine. And uh, after six months or so, you'll really start to notice a difference in the way your digestive system is working. Oh, that's awesome. I need to I need to up my glutamine then because I love that. Yeah. Um, I never knew that. Um, so that was the, those were like the main ones. And then as the, the prep went on, like as the four months went on and as we got closer to the competition, I would take, um, my coach recommended a fat burner and people get always scared by fat burner. It wasn't like a stimulant fat burner. It's just like a, I used prime nutrition was their fat burner and it was like pretty much all natural. It just had like caffeine and, 
um, I think some green tea, some raspberry ketones, something like that in there. And that would, I would have that in the morning during my morning run just to kind of help with like, um, you know, the additional fat burnage. Um, I would have that. And then I think that was the main stuff. I didn't go crazy with the supplements. You know, they didn't, they didn't recommend anything that was too crazy. Um, oh, and at one point I tried Yohimbine, which is also said to help stimulate fat, um, the, um, you know, burning of fat. Um, and it's like a, it's like a, it's like a little bit of a stimulator. I honestly didn't notice any effects from that. So I was fine taking that. Um, oh, and the last one, I would always have a pre-workout drink before I went working out because especially I would be exhausted. It's just like a little powder that you put in your drink, like four ounces or six ounces of water. And I would just down it before I went to the gym and that would give me like a little bit of an energy boost to kind of power through my workout. Were you able to find anyone that was particularly it, like whenever I try to look up um, different proteins or like anything related mm-hmm. to working out? Because, yeah, like when I work out, I like to like recover well or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And a while ago, I would take pre-workout drinks, but that was before I cared about my diet as much. And now it's right. like I, I look at the ingredient label of most pre-workout drinks and they're just insane looking. And I'm yeah. just like, all right, yeah. I think I'll just have like a cup of coffee or something. No, totally. Totally. Um, and I've did heard, you find like, a good one? Well, and you know, going back to the ingredients, totally. I've done that too. And I'm like, Oh, this is not very good. But there was a point, like, I don't take it too much now. I usually like just what you said, I'll have like a cup of coffee or, um, I'll try to just get more rest and just try to like, just be more rested before I work out. And if I need an extra bump, like I might do a, like a quarter of a scoop of pre-workout or again, like a cup of water, I mean, a cup of coffee. Um, but that's also because I'm not in prep when I was in prep and I was exhausted all the time from the workouts, I really just needed that extra bump. So I was kind of okay. I kind of just chose my, you know, I picked my poison. So to speak. yeah, like, you got to have your priorities. It, you know, I was eating pretty clean and drinking a gallon of water a day. And if that was the only bad thing I was going to have, like I was okay with it. But in terms of finding one that's like not as I guess, chemically induced, I haven't found one that's amazing. The only one that seems to be pretty, good with the ingredients is NLA for her. And that's, they have an NLA performance line for men. And then the NLA for her is the, is the one for women. And that one, it's not like, I don't feel, I took a couple of pre-workouts where I felt really jittery and really like all over the place. And I did not like that. And this one doesn't, it just does a little bit of the tingles from beta alanine, which is another amino acid that kind of just gives you that tingly feeling. Um, but that's it. It doesn't really, it doesn't make me crazy. It doesn't make me jittery. It doesn't make me spacey. And I really like that. So, okay, cool. Awesome. We'll put links to all this one. stuff in, uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about now getting up to the point of the competition. I imagine, I imagine right before the competition, if it's like, uh, is it like, uh, like a boxing match or a fight where you kind of need to cut? So you maybe aren't drinking as much water or you're cutting yes. out all salt and stuff like that. Yes. Um, yes. You hit the nail on the head. So as the, the four months went on, my, my coach would start to cut my carbohydrate intake and different coaches have different theories. Um, but his, you know, as we went on, like depending on how my body was responding, he would cut my carbohydrate intake. I was still having carbs up until the day of the show, but it just wasn't like the massive amounts that I was getting in the beginning. Um, and yeah, towards the end, you, not only do you do that, but you start to cut your salt. Um, you start to cut. I took a little bit of a diuretic. It was a natural diuretic. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was just like an herb. Um, and I took that. That kind of helped you lose some of that water weight. But then the last week is what they call peak week. And peak week, some people like it. Some people hate it. I actually didn't mind it because you're the. it's the week before the show you've pretty much made all your muscle gains you're going to make. So now this last week is to kind of just make sure you get out as much water as you can from your system. Um, so that the point of that is so you can see the muscles better while you're on stage. Um, and hence why when people are on stage, they look like crazy cut. They look like they're just, you know what they like to say shredded, right? They like, you can't see any water over their muscles. You see every single muscle sticking out. Um, so that was the point of that, like to kind of cut all the water out. And so that last week you basically, each person is different, but my regimen was, he had me drinking like 
for the first two days, Monday and Tuesday, I had like two gallons of water each day, two gallons of, yeah, two gallons of water. And then the third day, it was like a gallon and a half. The fourth day was like three quarters of a gallon. The last day was like eight ounces. And then the day of the show, you're just sipping water as needed. So, which sounds crazy to people. Like they're like, what? You're not drinking water the last day? You're so hyped up and so excited. Like I was running all over the place. Like I was drinking enough to just like be fine, but I was, yeah, I was, I was good. It didn't, you didn't really need it, but your muscles are just like, I was like, holy crap, I can see my arms like never before. And yeah, totally. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nuts, but that's peak week. And then the workouts are really minimal. You're just basically going through the motions just to make sure your muscles aren't too flat. A lot of times when you cut out all the water, your muscles have like more of a flat look is what they like to say. So you don't really want that. You don't want to look like you're a skeleton on stage. You want to have a little bit of fullness to your muscle and have them pop a little bit. So that's kind of the reason to kind of give a, you know, go through the last few workouts. Um, you know, you won't, you won't lift as heavy because you're water depleted and carb depleted. Um, and you won't do as many reps, let's say, but you'll just kind of go through enough to keep the blood circulation moving and everything. Yeah, totally. Make yourself look like a living human being. Right, right. Exactly. So what's the actual competition like? Like, what are the categories? What do you get judged on? I was reading today that most of them have like a routine portion. Did yours have a routine portion? Mine did not. Okay, so the way they work. So like I said, it's bikini, then figures a little bit more muscly, physique is a lot more muscly, and then bodybuilding is like the crazy bodybuilding. And each division has their own um, posing, like their own certain poses they want to hit. And um, some of them do have routines. Like... If you go to some shows, there's another category called fitness, which it's only, I've never been to a show that has it, but that one has an actual dance element, has like an evening gown element. So they go more like the full on pageantry mixed with fitness style. Ours that we did was just literally you get up there and you do like a front pose, which is kind of like, it's kind of hard to explain over the, over the um, podcast, but you basically like cock your hip out and stick your leg out, but it's a front pose. And then there's another one, a side pose. It's kind of, you cock your hip, hip to the right and you kind of stand sideways. And then, there, and then the infamous back one, which a lot of people think is pretty hilarious because you're basically standing there with your butt out um, towards the judges, but they're basically judging you on your glutes, your hamstrings, what they call a glute and hamstring tie-in, which is like the little muscle. Um, it's like a muscle, uh, like the tie-in. It's like the division between the glutes and the hamstrings. There's like a little muscle that sticks out. So they're judging you on that. Um, and that's it pretty much for bikini, the division I did. Um, has what, what is considered a good body kind of changed as what has is considered like an ideal body for the rest of the country changed? Like I, it's really funny. I, I've been working out in gyms since I was in like high school, just yeah. off and on. Like I'm not a very big guy or anything, but um, but I, in the past like couple of years, there's just been an explosion of women in the weights area that do mm -hmm. nothing but squats and that's oh, it. And that's all they do. And like, I'll go over to do squats and like, I won't even be able to get an area to do squats because it's just women lined up doing squats. And I'm like, that's so funny that this is happening now. And I also wonder if that's like detrimental for their body that the only weightlifting that they're right. doing is, I mean, I guess if you have to do only one thing, that's actually a really good right. only thing to be doing. But, um, it, it, have you seen like the more of an emphasis on having like a bigger butt in these competitions? Yeah. Well, okay. So bikini, one of the big things that, that distinguishes bikini from figure, let's say bikini is they want good symmetry from, you know, your entire body, but they're heavily, um, there's heavily, there's, there's heavy judgment on your, your, your glutes and your, um, I guess thighs, but like glutes is the biggest thing. So, so like your butt. Your butt. So you're in figure, for instance, they emphasize the back. So, you know, if you ever look at a figure competition, the back pose is like these women kind of stand there with their arms kind of on this, like their back almost looks like it's spread out like a wing, like wings. Um, so they're more looking for back. They're not so much into the glutes, but bikini, it's big and big on glutes. So those women in the gym, they very well could be bikini competitors, but I will say, Probably ever since J Lo, you know, popped down this this 
the scene like 10 years ago or so. And then even more Kim Kardashian. Like, I feel like women now want a booty, you know, totally. back in the nineties, like it wasn't cool to have a big butt, but now it's like women want a big round butt and, but more of like a muscly toned butt. So yeah, women will go in there doing squats and do that endlessly thinking that they're going to get a good butt, which I will say this, if you have perfect form and are doing a squat right, then yes, you will target the glutes. But what happens is that if you don't do a squat um, properly, you're basically building up your legs. You know, people don't realize that to get a good, to get good glutes, it's not all about the squat. People always joke about that. I don't know if you're on Instagram or anything, but there's always people talking about squats and a, you know, a, a good butt and it's not, it's, it's, proper form will get you that with squats but yeah if you're just getting in there doing squats you're going to do more of your quads totally i always like want to go up and tell these girls like you should just do a deadlift or you know i don't know like yeah, a kettlebell yeah, swing or totally. something that but and, uh and going know, back whatever. to my training we didn't do actually a lot of squats you know i probably i started out doing some squats and then my coach kind of switched it up and i did exactly what you said i did a lot of deadlifts that works the hamstrings and the butt um, and then I would do like a lot of donkey kicks, you know, that's where you kind of yeah, are on the ground totally. and like lifting up your butt like a million times that works the glutes honestly better, at least for me than, than squats does, you know? So we would focus more on that. Um, but it has changed. It has changed for women. This, this idea, you know, the, the ideal body, um, I don't know if for like all across the board, I would say definitely more of a curvaceous body, like a muscly curvaceous body has been more popular than, than not, but especially among the fitness world, like I think women are just getting much more confident in the, in the gym and, you know, not scared to get in there with the guys that are grunting and lifting and, um, you know, which is, is a good thing. I think it's great that women are, are lifting more and kind of finding that confidence in the gym. Um, but on the flip side, it does make it hard for like quote unquote regular society, regular women, because, you know, you don't need to have like a super muscly body to be fit, you know? Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, very true. So, uh, talk to us about the rest of the experience from the day. Like, what is the 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 rest of the judging like and the like award ceremony and all yeah. that? Yeah. Well, let me just say, so the the whole fitness competition, it kind of starts like the fitness competition was on Saturday. It kind of all starts on Friday. Um, Friday, mine was in San Diego and we live in Hollywood in, in Los Angeles. And we basically drove down there Friday night. And, um, that's when you have your athlete check-in is what they call it. And you either do it with your team or individual, but you meet, um, you meet with like the sponsor of the whole show and they kind of do a welcome, um, speech. And then you, you pay for your division. You have to pay to, to enter, um, and they, they measure height. So you gotta, cause there's different classes. So I'm five, three. Um, and I got like my little card that said I was five, three. And so I'm in a specific division. I think it was like division C let's say. So each height range has their own division. You do that. Um, and then you get your first spray tan, your lovely spray tan comes first <laughs> that night. Um, and yeah, that's the first night you just do the check-ins, you go eat something, get a good night's sleep. And then the next morning it started at like 8am or maybe even earlier. I started with makeup and hair, which is crazy because people think what a fitness competition, but because you're on stage, you definitely want part of the judging is presentation. Yeah. So you want to have your makeup and hair done and, and you want to look presentable. And so I had that done. I had like a makeup girl come into my hotel room and, and do it early in the morning. And then you, you know, you start eating your first meal or your second meal by then. And 10 AM, I think we checked in with our team. Um, and it was like in a big hall where they had a ton of sponsors and a ton of, you know, different, um, vendors, like, you know, different protein powders or different, um, sports where people are selling exercise clothes. Like it was all in this big hall and then you get your second spray tan. So that was the next morning, Saturday morning. So by Saturday morning, I've already had two coats of really dark spray tan. <laughs> so my mom saw me and she's like, you look orange. She was, she thought I looked like an Oompa Loompa. Um, but <laughs> that's so funny that. that they do that to everyone rather than oh, just doing no spray tans for anyone. And you just go out there. Oh yeah. You go. Yeah. You go. And actually funny that you say that there was one guy that we saw 
that didn't get a spray tan. He went up there like just his normal skin tone. And it was such a contrast because you're up there under these really heavy stage lights. And so the point people always ask me, well, why did you have to get spray tan so many times? Um, and it's because when you're up there, the lights are so bright, like you can't, you don't want to be washed out. You still want to see all the muscle. So it really helps to make the muscles pop and also just to make you look better. Like yeah. you really, and once you're on the stage underneath those lights, they don't look as dark as they do in person. When you're standing next to someone in person, they look pretty damn dark. Yeah, totally. Um, well, yeah. Cause I mean, the lights are so bright that I guess yeah. they would just bleach out your skin if totally. you did not have the spray tan on. Exactly. So yeah, we did that. And then we did pre-judging, which that was. Basically, the competition day, there's prejudging and finals. So prejudging is basically you go up for whatever division you entered. I think I entered um, novice since it was my first time. And overall, which is basically anyone who's there can enter that one to compete against everyone, including the tall girls and the short girls and all that. So you go up and do prejudging. And you go up, I think, on stage in groups of like five and it's it's so surreal like you basically you're standing backstage and i remember my leg was just shaking because i was so nervous and they you know they call me call you like a number 71 alexander olsen and i can hear my mom and my boyfriend screaming in the audience and you, you walked down and do your poses you know your your front pose your side pose and your back pose you can't see anything you can't the only people you can see are the judges because they're right in the front row you can't see any of the crowd. You can just hear people screaming and you're nervous as hell. At least I was. Um, but it's awesome. Cause you're up there and you're like, Holy crap, I did it. You know, I'm up here and there's judges. Like, and I see judges kind of making notes and like looking at me again whisper. I mean, it's crazy. That's what is that like doing that for the first time? Having never done something it, like that before. It's a mix of like, Holy crap, you're judging me. And I don't know how I feel about this to, Heck yeah, you're judging me because I look good. You know, <laughs> you know, like I worked my butt off and I and I know it. But it is a bit of like, oh my God, what are you writing on that piece of paper and what are you whispering to each other? But it's pretty exciting. You know, you've got music playing, they've got some sort of music that's like pump, you know, bumping behind you and you You just you know, got you, jock jams on repeat. I mean, on repeat. And you've got, you know, your hair done, you feel glamorous, and you're in this amazing competition suit, which on a side note, they're not regular bathing suits. They're full on like competition suits that are encrusted with these like fake diamonds and like just, just sparkly like crazy. So you feel very glamorous and like I've always been a girly girl, so I love that kind of stuff. Like I love dressing up and going out and wearing heels and so that part I loved, but it is a crazy surreal experience when like there's probably 400 people in the audience staring at you, you know, and you're, but, but then again, like they, you've got so much spray tan on you that it almost feels like a suit. So you don't totally. feel as exposed as you probably would think. Yeah. It's um, like, you know, we're approaching Halloween now. It's like getting up on stage for a costume contest and it's like, it, all right, everyone's staring at me, but it's not really me. So it's right. Okay. And you've got body paint because you've decided to dress up as like Wolverine, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after I did my three poses, you go off to the side, stand off to the side and you got, you got to hold a certain pose and keep your smile going, which is really hard to do. Keep a big smile going for like five minutes straight. Um, and then after that, they, oh, then I forgot the biggest part. Then after you're staying there, you're probably in a line of five girls at the front, you know, and now the, the judges are comparing you side by side. So my number was 71. So they, they might say number 71, switch with number 52 and you've got to switch with the girl next to you or whatever. Now they're comparing you with that girl. And then they might say it again, 71, switch with 32 or whatever. And now they're comparing you. So they're basically trying to figure out who are the top people from that group. Wow. Um, and then what happens is there's things called first call outs and then second call outs, third call outs and so on, so on. If you get first call outs, what that means is your, your name got called first out of that group and you're automatically going to finals. You're automatically like in the running to get a trophy at the end. So when I was up there, they, you know, 71 go next to so-and-so. And then I hear, okay, Alexandra Olson, and they probably named two other girls. Um, thank you. You can, you can, you can leave now. And that means basically that we were the first call outs. We were the first girls from that line to get. No way. So I was like, and at first, of course, me being the novice, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Like, I didn't know that was call outs. I thought they actually oh. said you get first call outs. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I get to go. 
And I, I leave off stage. I'm walking down and my boyfriend's there at the bottom of the ramp. And he's like, you got first call outs. You got first call outs. And I was like, and meanwhile, what? you're thinking that you like did the worst because yeah, they're asking you to leave first. Exactly. I was like, what the hell just happened? And so it turns out, yeah, I got first call outs, which means I was basically like in the running to get a trophy. So, um, I was like, holy shit. So again, going back to like four months of killing yourself and being like, why am I doing this that day? You're like, this is amazing. Like I, it's the craziest feeling. It's like, I am like, I did it. I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. Let's see what happens. So then you basically between prejudging, that was like probably 10 30 in the morning. Finals are not until like 10 at night. So you basically have the rest of the day to eat your meals that you have, go back to the hotel, rest, you know, hang out with your team or whoever. Um, and it's just a waiting game. So in between prejudging and finals, you get another spray tan, like another touch up. So now you have three coats on you. Um, and you're just waiting and then roll around to 10 PM. We get back on the stage. They do it again, do the same poses again. And now it's like not just five girls at a time on stage. It's like, you know, all 30 to girls or however many in your division on stage. And they call you again. And sure enough, I couldn't believe it, but they were like, you know, first place or, you know, fourth place goes to so-and-so third place goes to so-and-so or whatever fifth place, um, or 71 Alexander Olson fifth place. I'm like, what? And basically fifth and up get trophies. Oh shit. Nice. I was like, holy shit, that's me. So I like walk over to my little spot and I'm standing there and I'm flipping out and they put a trophy in front of me and I'm like, oh my God, I just got a trophy on my very first competition. So I walked off stage and I was like jumping up and down with my fiance and my mom and, and I just couldn't believe it. So it was pretty remarkable. Man, congratulations. What's Thank your you. trophy look like? Man, I wish you had a, I wish I could show a photo of, but it's like, it's in that other room. It's basically like a little muscle girl on a podium and like, she's got like just the craziest muscle body and it's like little bronze trophy. It's awesome. You'll have to send a photo to me. Maybe that's what I, I will use as the like cover photo for the yeah, episode is your trophy. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. So that was it. That was like the whole day. And the first thing I ate when I got off the stage was like a massive double fudge brownie that like I just killed. <laughs> and then we went to Outback that night and I out ate like you know my boyfriend and my mom like I was just that was amazing yeah so was let's get meal. four blooming onions on the table right now pretty much I had a burger fries beer ice cream sundae and yeah I had the worst stomach ache that night but it was worth it <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah you got to celebrate somehow um do you think that during this whole time frame that it was better or worse for your psyche looking at yourself so closely? Like you mentioned from the judge's perspective, you know, or or like being up there on stage Mm -hmm. and having the judges look at you and be like, hey, don't look at me, but actually look at me because it means that I'm looking good. Do you find that you were doing that to yourself throughout this whole process as well? Like you're constantly looking at your gains and you're constantly looking at your figure. Um, but yeah. you're also looking at yourself because you you look good. Do you think it was a net gain or a net loss? Very good question. Because when you're doing it, um, like when I was prepping for it, I was it was like I was so confident. Like my confidence was rising, and I felt really good and happy about it. So during the prep, I would say it's rising, it's gaining. Um, but and then when you're on on stage, like I didn't really think about that closely. I didn't I didn't feel weird. I didn't feel like I didn't feel uncomfortable. It was, it was all really exciting. The hardest part is the next few months after. And a lot of girls is what they call a lot of girls rebound. And what that is, is they get off stage, they have their crazy cheat meal. Cause they haven't, you know, they've been strict for X amount of months. And then, but after that, they don't go back into the gym. They don't go back to a healthy lifestyle. They basically continue to binge and continue to eat crappy food. And because they've been just deprived so long. And so, on the, if you're not prepared for that and you don't really realize like what could happen, I would say that's like, um, a negative. And I went through that and I, this is the, I think this is the ugly part of competing that a lot of people don't talk about is that if you're not prepared for kind of coming off of a prep health, healthily or healthfully, I should say, um, you can very well rebound and it can definitely hurt your psyche and, your body image and all that, because you're so used to looking yourself crazy lean. Like I basically was down to 12% body fat. And for women, that's very, very low. Like I think extreme athletes are like 
10 to 14 or something. Um, but then after that, you start to put on weight, like normal weight, like a normal person should have. But because you're so used to seeing yourself so lean, you start to like freak out a little bit. Like you're yeah. like, oh my God, my you body's You set changing. a very unrealistic standard for yourself now. Very. Like, however well you're doing becomes kind of your new standard. Exactly. And so a lot of girls will tell you, and now, I'm, now you know, it's fine. But like when I first did, I was like, what the hell? Like I'm losing all my, my gains and I'm looking more what they call fluffy. You know, I'm looking more fluffy and I'm not as, as lean. And what it is, is that no one really goes into it telling you like, okay, there's on season and off season on season. You're going to look ripped as hell and off season. You're going to look in shape, but like normal in shape. Um, but they don't tell you like how to transition from, you know, on season to off season. So that a lot of times women have to figure out on themselves for themselves, which is why I didn't go through my second competition, which was, I was planning to go right after the holidays. Um, you know, my competition was in November, November 1st. And right after the holidays, I was going to start another competition and I couldn't because I was just, my mindset was still like not in the game. I still wanted to have a social life and eat whatever food I wanted, but I also wanted to get back to where I was. And I had this I remember I went through this this limbo of feeling like, holy crap, I'm never going to get back there. I'm never going to get back to that like mindset of having that crazy focus and doing it. And so there was a few months where I just went through, I was still going to the gym and I was still working out and all this, but you definitely, my self-esteem kind of hit, hit a little bit of a hard patch because I was, I just... It basically like without you know using an expletive on your podcast, I went through a mind, you know what, a mind bleep. And after that, once you get through that and you kind of realize like what off season really is, it's fine. It's a slow comeback. And, but now it's like, I work out and I eat healthy and I'm not shredded and lean, nor do I need to be off season. Cause that's crazy hard to maintain. Yeah. Um, but now I have a better, a healthier outlook where it's like, I know if I go on season, that will happen again. And if I go off, that will, I'll be a normal weight again. But the problem is just no one talks about it. Right. Now you've experienced both sides of it. So you're ready for both sides Completely. of it, but nobody yeah. prepared you for the other. Yeah. It gives you so much respect for any sort of professional athlete or oh, even a college really? athlete for that matter that fin- kind of finishes up their career and it's like they i imagine you're just so hard on yourself like oh i'm not like the best in the world anymore and it's like well you're still better than 99.99999% exactly. of other basketball players you're just not as good as the other people in the nba now totally. you know yeah um, exactly that's hard and i think that's a lot of people you know what you were asking me for about in you know, women and the media and the, like the standards for beauty and all that. I think that's one thing that, um, I don't know, people, especially, you know, listening to this podcast, what I would want them to know is that, you know, you go buy even magazine covers, let's say, and you see a fitness model on the front. Well, they're lean and shredded, but they trained for that cover shoot. You know, that's not how they look all the time. And totally. I, I know women now, like I have a few, few friends that I've been on covers and, they look amazing year round, but they don't look like how they look on a cover all the time. 100%. And so I think that's a big thing for women, whether they're in this industry or not, is just to like be, be graceful with yourself and be humble with yourself and just realize like, okay, my body is capable of doing stuff, but it is okay to not be all that all the time. Yeah. So that's yeah. the biggest thing I think for people to realize about the fitness industry is that it, it, it's awesome and it can be so empowering and badass, but you also have to realize the other side too and just be, you know, graceful, have grace with yourself. Yeah. Be grateful for everything that you do have and be very forgiving with yourself all the exactly, time. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, if, as long as people can kind of keep that mindset and, and if anyone out there like decides to do one, just go in and like have a little bit of a plan for the off season and they'll be golden. You know, I just didn't have that plan. I kind of had to navigate it myself, but a lot of girls do, a competition and then they immediately have an off season plan, which kind of eases them back into the transition of like a normal healthy life. Yeah. Um, and then they're fine. That works wonders. So cool. So Alex, why don't we finish up with you giving us some advice if somebody is listening to this and they're like, yeah, I want to push myself. I want to try, um, maybe entering a fitness competition or something like that. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, obviously a first, a first step would be for them to get, get a personal trainer and start eating and, and working out, uh, eating healthy, working out a lot. Um, but that step about, um, 
finding a team and all that kind of stuff? Like what, what give, give people some advice there. Yeah. Um, well, first, like you said, yeah, definitely make sure you're like working out, um, you know, a good, I would say a good, at least four to six times, four to four times a week, at least hard just to not like give yourself your body too much of a shock. But if you're already eating relatively well and, you know, working out, yeah, to look into teams, I would just say you could easily Google them. Um, I actually, when I was doing a little bit of my research, I just Googled competition, fitness competition teams. Um, there's actually two different divisions. There's one called NPC, which stands for National Physique Committee, I think. And one is WB, what is it? World Bodybuilding, WBBF, I think it is. Um, and those have different um, categories and the WB one does a little bit more of the fitness kind of glam stuff and they have evening gowns and all that. Um, and then the NPC is strictly just, you know, standing up there and doing your poses and being judged like that. So kind of do a little research on the type of fitness competition you'd want to do. And then like, let's say they decided to do NPC, then just start Googling like NPC competition teams, you know, wherever they live. Um, in my area, there was, Team Edge, which is the one I joined. And then there were a couple that were far away, you know, in San Diego and even Ohio, but they do um, online programs. So if someone is living in even Alaska, let's say, don't be scared to join a competition team that's not in your state. You know, they, they, now everyone does it through Skype. You can meet with your coaches through Skype. And um, as long as you have access to a gym, you're good. You're good to go. So um, I would say start with that. Just do a little bit research on that. Um, and also check out bodybuilding.com. They have a really great, they have a lot of free, um, articles and just resources to check out. You know, you can get supplements there. You can get articles basically on everything on training, on nutrition, on, even if you don't want to join a competition team and you want to try to just do it yourself, they have articles on how to set up your weekly splits and, you know, which muscle groups to train and how to train them and all that. So definitely check that out. Um, and then, yeah. And also, you know, I hate to plug like, you know, it, I shouldn't say I hate to plug Instagram is actually Instagram or Facebook, just like even just look on the hashtags and, and, you know, start looking up like random, um, training, you know, uh, like fitness people pretty soon you'll kind of see the same faces and you can kind of navigate like who their coaches are and what teams they belong to, and then just start contacting them through there that work too. Yeah, definitely. Good advice. So yeah, if you're looking to push yourself, try something new you've never tried before, this sounds like an awesome thing. Alex, thank you so much for your whole story. It's so interesting and awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Definitely. We appreciate it. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Blake. Just want to let you know about some interviews that I have coming up this week so you guys can submit questions online if you wanted to. I will be interviewing a travel blogger. I'll be interviewing a YouTube celebrity that makes video game-based videos on YouTube. And I will be interviewing a CrossFitter as well. So if you have questions for any one of those three things or all three of those things, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or my website. Just any way you can think of, reach out to me, send smoke signals, whatever. It's all good. And thank you so much.